Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What a weekend to recap as AC Milan beat Juventus. Bayern Munich, crown champion of the Bundesliga. Chelsea beat Man City and Chelsea women win WSL. We got craziness in La Liga, Serie A, the Premier League as well, MLS, El Trafico, and so much more. We can recap with Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso, our weekend recap and my American sandwich. God bless America. Hey, happy Mother's Day, everybody. Jimmy Conrad, <laughs> how are you, bud? I'm great. I do want to give a shout out to all the moms out there and to Willian for finally scoring his first goal for Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> what a sign in, Willian. Well done. <laughs> Amazing. Give a contract extension for him, please. Against a relegated club as well. Well done, Willian. Well done. Uh, Heath Pierce, how are you, my friend? Yeah, now that Jimmy said that, um, also big shout out to all the mothers out there. Uh, um and everyone who's had a mother. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, Willian, Jimmy saying that brought to attention his body language recently. I want to say it was in the Europa League second leg or maybe not. But he was just like he was screaming at somebody for doing something bad. And then I just, you know, now Jimmy brought to attention that statistic. And, you know, if I had direct contact with him, I would probably reach out and be like, hey, man. You need to relax. <laughs> if you were, what have you, you done for us today? If you were William's mother, basically, is what you're saying. You would be like Jimmy. Yeah. Be nice. <laughs> but I'm with Jimmy 100. percent I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, chill out. It's like when Vinicius Junior from uh, not Vinicius Junior. I'm sorry, uh, Carlos Vinicius from Tottenham scored that goal against like that sixth tier team in the FA Cup, and he was like celebrating. It's like, calm down, son. Calm. Down. But Marine anyway, FC. Yeah. Marine <laughs> FC. Marine <laughs> FC. That's it. That's exactly what happened. Hey, everybody, welcome to Kego Lasso, our weekend recap. And once again, so much to discuss. Some league titles have been won, some leagues have been exited, etc. And we will get to it. We'll begin in the Premier League, of course. And wow, in the space of a few weeks, Jimmy Conrad, Chelsea beat Man City. And me and you are a little angry about it because we had this as a draw and it was all the way happening. It was on its way, but no. Thomas Tuchel's side take all three points, 2-1. That late stoppage goal scored by Marcos Alonso as well. Jimmy Connor, give me your thoughts on that. Just overall, really, on just the achievement once again from Chelsea against Manchester City because had they had Man City won, as everybody knew from the preview, they would have won the Premier League. Okay, so do you want me to start with my bitterness or do you want me to start with just my overall cheery thoughts? Like I, want, I, normally I want bitterness first. You want, want bitterness. <laughs> you know what? VAR's a piece of crap. I think VAR sucks in England. And the fact that they did not call a penalty uh, on Kurt Zuma, on Raheem Sterling is... Yeah, that was ridiculous. Is, it's ridiculous. I mean, what else, what else warrants a penalty? So, so I'm bitter there. 
even though that would have given, well, I don't know if City would have held on to the lead or not because Chelsea was pounding on the door quite a bit in that second half. The second half was awesome, by the way. It was really wide open the first half. Eh. But that, what I don't understand. What, like, what is the point of VAR if you don't look at it at those moments? I mean, those are game-defining moments. That's the whole point of VAR. At least it was, in my humble opinion. So I'm a little bitter with regard to that, of course. I'm bummed that we missed our parlay. But a great game. I will say I tweeted this out and... Wow, Chelsea fans are not happy with my tweet. I said, I said, I said, Chelsea, Chelsea fans, what are you guys doing? Or I said, not the fans. Chelsea, what are you guys doing? I mean, you beat City twice. You're not going to beat this City team, this specific City team, three times in a row. It's just not going to happen. So I'm sorry to tell you, Chelsea fans, you're not going to win the Champions League final. But congratulations on winning a meaningless league game. <laughs> it's not meaningless. <laughs> Listen, it'll probably help them get the top four. It'll help them get the top four. And it got them into the FA Cup final. Listen, sorry, sorry. Wait, hold on. What, which is this? Is this still it's a bitter, little, it's, bitter, it's a Jimmy? Mix, I'm trying to see both. where we're going. Keith, it's a mix of both. And, and I'll cede my time to you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Oh, I, I, I want the next part of Jimmy. When are we turning this into, uh, you know, the, the happy Jimmy? Jimmy. Oh, well, you know, congrats. Chelsea, congratulations. You've almost <laughs> had your place in the top four. You took down Manchester City, who made nine changes. And and I'm just kidding. I'm not throwing, throwing any shade. Honestly, Thomas Tuchel has done something awesome with this team. If we look at these results and how they've been playing, we could argue they're the, the best team in Europe right now. And that is something something to behold. Because before Frank Lampard got fired, he said this team wasn't ready yet to compete for trophies. That came out of his mouth. And now look at him. So... Fair play to Thomas Tuchel. He has proven that you can make a mid-season change and have success. And that's going to be the expectation for any manager now that comes in mid-season. All those managers are going to hate Thomas Tuchel, but Thomas Tuchel is absolutely killing it. Yeah, well, that's exactly I what I say. Tweeted, and I got people so mad at me because I said that. And I was like, what? Everybody's like, come on, Heath. Everybody was going, come on, Chelsea has such a good squad. They should be doing this. I was like, I'm sorry. Are you a professional manager? Is, is that really all you need, especially against Man City? When Frank Lampard was there, they had the worst goal conceded percentage for the, in the final 23 years. They were ninth in the league, 11 points from the very top. Thomas Tuchel not only made them better, he made them excellent. Excellent. This is a tremendous achievement. In less than four months. In less than four months. It's amazing. Heath, what do you make of this Chelsea team? And now that they've beaten Man City once again. Look, I, I think we've all known that Chelsea spent a lot of money on this team. It's a very expensive team. I also think it's funny that Lampard said that and could also just be like, no, I meant like at this exact moment. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't mean this season. I don't, you know, I'm talking about today. Uh, they weren't ready to win trophies. There also weren't any trophies available at the time that he said it, you know. One uh, second, Heath, one second. I just want to get your guys' thought. Does Frank Lampard get a Champions League medal if they win? Yeah. When, just because he, he's, yeah, yeah, he he's, he, he, he's part of the season, right? He, he would get one, right? <laughs> and, I, and, and he's the former player. Continue. And he's a former player, so I would imagine that he would, right? He is thinking about yeah. no, but, but he was he was there after. No, no he was sorry, there, I, I meant stages. I meant that he's a former legend. He's a legend, right? A former. So, so well, I'm you thinking don't, you don't get you don't get after that, Luis. Come on, you know he gets to be <laughs> a legend. Unless you're John Terry, then you run onto the field <laughs> as a full full kit wanker. Yeah. Oh, it would God. be oh okay. Now you got my now you've got my wheels turning, Jimmy. Imagine Champions League final. Chelsea wins. Lampard's doing the airplane out on the field. Just shows up. <laughs> I would love it. Running out to his team. <laughs> I mean, I could see 
I mean, you know, there's got to be some bitterness when you go in the same way that Pierlo is when he leaves uh, after this uh, this season, uh, which I expect. But like, yeah, yeah I, I would assume that he would be uh, really excited. But look, this Chelsea team has is, is come together. They've come to life in, in, at the right time of the year. But I also liken this to uh, the penalty that Villa gave up today. Uh, Luis, do you, you think that's a penalty that they gave up? What are we the guy talking? in the back he's running away from. Are you really doing this to me at the very top of the no, show? No, 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 no. But what I'm what I'm saying is, no, it, is listen. That... What? Which one? The one against Pogba? The one? The dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, I'll just very quickly tell you about that. Okay. First of all, we have a history with Manchester United of making silly mistakes in the box and also refereeing decisions that just don't go our way. Douglas Luiz was a very silly boy for doing that. He should have been much more careful. However. To Jimmy's point about Sterling and Zuma, this is why we have VAR. I believe if VAR stepped in and we had a closer look, you could see that Pogba made a meal out of it. That was not a penalty. And by the way, uh, how about the Mason Greenwood handball? That was a penalty. How about the Aaron Wan-Bissaka in the first half? That was a penalty. It's just like VAR in England. It's not VAR is not the problem. It's England and VAR. That's the problem. Like they have no idea what they're doing. It's ridiculous. The fact that Sterling didn't get a penalty in that Zuma thing is re- is insane to me. Insane. I know that Jimmy, we're going off tangent, but it's absolutely insane. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Between you and I, can I tell you a secret? <laughs> I regret. I regret bringing Villa. Into this I, I told you. No, but my, my point. My, my point is, is, he's moving away. He's moving away from the goal. There's there's contact there. He's going in, putting body on him. Obviously, it's a stupid error uh, to to have that sort of physicality. But then when I look at the the, the Sterling one, you're like. That was extreme. Like that was extreme from and listen and he, behind and, to try to make that play. And earlier in the season, and earlier in the season, we have seen an example of that, and it has been given. I mean, honestly, it's just it's not even about mistake, it's just consistency. Give us some consistency. It's ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, the original question was how good is Chelsea these yeah. days? <laughs> All right. Well, Heath, let me ask you something here. Yeah, is yeah. Chelsea yeah. Uh, because Jimmy already okay. said it. Jimmy already said it, and, and he can and he can come back with some more as well. But Jimmy, Jimmy, and I'm with you. you Jimmy, you believe Chelsea's not winning the Champions League though? Still, I just thought, I thought it was going to be difficult for them, no matter what. Obviously, um, City. I don't think Pep Guardiola showed his his full hand. You know, he made he did make a few changes. I thought Furlan Mendy. Got absolutely obliterated by Reese James, especially in the second half. That's obviously going to be an area they're going to have to identify. Ake just didn't look match fit or sharp, right? Because he hasn't played in forever. You know, so they had a couple players out there. And when they brought on Foden, when they brought on Gundogan, brought on Zinchenko, they started to get a little bit more of a grip of the game. But they didn't really seem like they were ever in that 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 flow. And then obviously, if Sergio Aguero scores the penalty, we didn't even talk about that. Oh, my God. If that he was scores crazy. the penalty, then we're not even... We're not even we're not even having this conversation because I think 2-0 at half, City pretty much, you know. What is he thinking with that Panonka? What is he thinking with that? Guys, can I jump in real quick? Please. Does anybody have the Real Madrid-Sevilla game on? Yeah, it's one on. So Benzema, Benzema went down to draw and drew a penalty. That penalty led to a VAR review that went back to a handball against Real Madrid in the box on the other side, and now Sevilla has a penalty. It's insane. And it's still 1-1. Yeah. <laughs> That was wild. So they they stopped it because Benzema drew a penalty one-on-one with the goalkeeper on a breakaway from the half line, went all the way back to a play in the box, uh, a defensive play from Real Madrid. Yeah, Militao handball. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, (laughs) this is is exactly, the Militao handball is exactly what happened with Mason Greenwood. And they don't give it. 
so 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 i mean la, la liga i mean really i feel like my big issues with var has always been premier league not but la liga this weekend is saying hold my beer because i don't know if you guys saw the Villarreal celta vigo uh, the first celta vigo goal should not have been given then they had a red card rescinded and then a penalty given by var and Villarreal got two reds for arguing and Villarreal went on to lose four to two <laughs> this is amazing it was ridiculous dude it's it's like there was a clear foul by Nolito on Celta in the buildup uh, to Santi Mina's first goal for Celta because uh, he grabbed the Villarreal player's leg. And when you see it, you're like, how is that not called? And the the, the, the referee inexplicably decided to let the goal stand. And uh, it's and then there was a foul. The goalkeeper for Villarreal, Senho, and, and Celta player went up for a cross. It's a clear head clash. Should be a foul on the Celta player, and they give a penalty. Um, and then VAR didn't even like single in. The referee just called a penalty. The two players started arguing. They got red cards. But that means it's a shit show. I'm just going to say it. What a shit show. No, it, and this is obviously the biggest topic point right now at the beginning of this podcast. It's just the, the use of VAR and how it's been mishandled all over, really. And by the way, Sevilla now lead 2-1. Former Barcelona player Rakitic scoring. Uh, by the way, this is just crazy. All right, I wanna I wanna bring it back to the Premier League though for a second, Heath. Let's move on from um, from Chelsea and Man City for a second. Manchester United beating Aston Villa three one. They now uh, qualify for the Champions League because West Ham lost to Everton. So that means right now, obviously, Man City in the Champions League for next season. That means uh, Chelsea, obviously, Manchester United, obviously, in second place. Uh, well, Chelsea's not obvious, but we're looking at uh, now the remaining spots. And Leicester City losing on the Friday, by the way, and West Ham losing as well. Are we beginning to see, you know, Liverpool winning? Are we beginning to see back to the norm? Is that what we're thinking? Yeah, I, I it's it's hard for me to say because even right now we'll get to we'll get to Syria. I thought this was going to happen with with AC Milan as well, who were in first place and now were potential to drop out. Leicester City still have to play. I want to say uh, Spurs, United, and Chelsea to wrap up the year to finish in the top four. Yeah, um, and that is a very dip. You could go zero for nine points. Okay, you maybe get something against Spurs, but like there's there's that's a difficult run just for Leicester alone, who were you know very com- not comfortable, but were looked like they were going to cruise. And now if they got that win against Newcastle on Friday and they lost four two, I think it was like. That was a huge match that they should have won and gotten three points against. And not to say it's easy against Newcastle. Newcastle are always going to be a difficult opponent. But now when you look the way that they're going to have to wrap up the season and the fact that you have, uh, I guess it probably secures them top four with West Ham losing, right? Or they're, they're closer to a top four with West Ham not getting the result. But Leicester are in a little bit of trouble. I'm not, do you have the table in front of you now to tell me? I, I, I forgot to look after the West Ham. Yeah, Les, Leicester's, Leicester's in fourth on 63. Chelsea's in third on 64. West Ham's in fifth on 58. Liverpool are 57 points, but have a game in hand. Tottenham on 56 points. Okay. So in Everton. theory, in, in, in theory, Leicester should be fine, right? But Leicester could go zero points to see out the season. Mm-hmm. And that's what, like, that's a, that's a six point swing for somebody or a nine point swing for somebody that's in, 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 in form like a Liverpool or something like that. Like that could win out the rest of the season. Liverpool has West Brom palace and Burnley to finish the year. Yeah. Um, so I don't then, think Leicester will be fine because Leicester Liverpool have a game in hand as well. So, you know, you could easily see well, and that one, United is a tough one, but, but yeah, but my original question was, are we, are we thinking about going to the norm? And I feel that Liverpool will claim that fourth spot <laughs> and we will go back to convention. 
I think, uh, to your point, Heath, Leicester City's schedule does not look easy. Jimmy, what do you think? Yeah, I think also because they're in the FA Cup final, you know, it adds a little different wrinkle. It's not like they can just focus on these last three games. They actually have to focus on winning their first ever FA Cup. Now, fun fact for you guys, they are the only team in the history of the FA Cup to get to four finals and never win. And it doesn't look like they're going to win this one either because they're playing against Chelsea. So it could be a tough, uh, tough stretch here. But I think they have enough there. I mean, one more win should see them secure top four. I feel like the other teams just continue to drop points when they shouldn't. But they got Chelsea twice, as you guys said, and, and Tottenham. That, that Tottenham game could be be the one at the end. Yeah, that's massive. Uh, yeah, yeah. But but Man United aren't necessarily Man United's fantastic away from home. But you can they a little vulnerable, little vulnerable at times at Old Trafford. So there's there's still they have to be seeing it. Like we just need one more win or you know two draws or whatever it is, especially if it's Tottenham and Tottenham in particular. But yeah, I don't know. This is it. I mean, this is this is what's going to determine. I think whether Brandon Rogers gets uh, Premier League Manager of the Year or or maybe it's David Moyes. I mean, Pep Guardiola. With all due respect to him, he's won it before. I give it to the other guys that are doing something. Thomas Tuchel. Thomas Tuchel. Small sample. Thomas Tuchel. You have to give it to him. This is crazy. That would kind of yeah, be amazing. I guess it's not. I guess it's not Premier League though. It's 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 a mix of everything, and you don't get credit for stuff outside of your your competition. But again, Cup final. They're going to finish top four uh, after changing of a manager, and then you know Champions League final. I mean, again, it's hard to wrap all that in. You don't take that into consideration, and it's a small sample size. But in terms of a turnaround. Uh, no, no, it's, it's and getting good, you know getting getting a lot out of these players who are giving who are really giving very little um, to ter- the team in terms of statistics and stuff. I think it's good. Yeah. What, what I, about Marcelo? What about Mar- what? Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. BLS is a great shout, and I think if they finish in the top ten, he'll probably be one of the finalists. But I don't think unless he qualified for Europe, I don't think you give it to him. I, I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer too. One of his best surprise. seasons too. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Watch Arsenal know. push Leeds into 11 <laughs> in the final day of the year and uh, have feel like they won something, keeping Bielsa from winning manager of the year on Jimmy's books because, uh, you know, bumped him down to 11 so Arsenal <laughs> could finish top half of the table. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, um, so a few other notes from the Premier League. West Brom are relegated um, after losing to Arsenal. It was a, a good win from Arsenal, but, you know, I think... West Brom are a mess. Not even Big Sam uh, can deal them. There's going to be some good players, I think, that are going to be looked at in the summer. Mateus Pereira uh, specifically, but he's down. They join Sheffield United. Fulham face Burnley tomorrow, which basically determines their season. So we'll see what happens on Monday. But two clubs are already down. Two clubs are already coming up in Watford and Norwich. And after what happens with the championship players, we'll see who becomes the third team. Before we move on, I wanted to just uh, throw it to you guys. Jimmy, you go first. Any any other final notes from the Premier League this weekend that you wanted to focus on? Yeah, just give a shout-out to Liverpool. Quietly going about their business, as we mentioned before, with the table. They're one point out of fifth. And, and I mean, they got a lot of work to do to catch Leicester six points behind them. However, they have a game in hand. So if they get that game, then they're only three points behind Leicester with three to go. I wouldn't be surprised if they can somehow sneak into that, just given their current form and how well they've been playing. But uh, again, I, I think I think Leicester will maybe do enough, but I don't know. It's still it's still be in the balance. The last couple of weeks are going to be pretty exciting. So I just want to give them a shout out because we hadn't talked about them at all. No, absolutely. Heath Pierce, any any thoughts from the Prem before we we keep on talking here? 
Mel, really just uh, leads continue to be a little bit of a, a pain in everyone's side. And I think uh, for a mid-table team where we've seen high highs and lows, low, low lows with them, they continue to, to compete and getting that result against Spurs, I think makes it a much more difficult season for Spurs. And then Newcastle also really slowing the momentum of um, of uh, Leicester City. You know, we're starting to see, and, and, and this plays into the VAR theme in the Premier League, which is like, Obviously, earlier in the year when it's positioning, I mean, you know that there's enough points in the season to make up for stuff. I mean, we still criticize it like crazy, but now it's got real implications in real time that could have, you know, millions of dollars on the line and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. And so, you know, I'm looking at it through a, a finer tooth comb or brushing through it with a finer tooth comb now. Um, so I wanted to give a shout out to those guys who continue to, to, to you know, find motivating factors that, you know, you're not, you're, you're comfortable mid-table, but but disrupting teams that are, trying to accomplish something I think is, is, is admirable. Absolutely. All right. I want to quickly just talk about the WSL before we take a break. Emma Hayes uh, and Chelsea. I mean, we're talking about Thomas Tuchel. We're talking about Chelsea, but uh, Chelsea women's absolutely amazing. They sealed the title with a huge victory over Reading. Um, Emma Hayes is a tremendous manager. Obviously the squad is really talented. Sam Kerr coming in, of course, Frank Kirby, Pernille Harder. This is a, a very special club. They're obviously uh, as well in the Champions League final, and they're going to face Barcelona, who also won, by the way, mm-hmm. their league as well. So, you know, a- any thoughts on those, Jimmy, uh, especially Chelsea? Just uh, if you're a Chelsea fan, I mean, happy days. Absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely buzzing on, on in, well, in all ways. I don't know how their youth teams are doing, but I sh- wouldn't be surprised if they're doing well. What I wanted to say is that this is back-to-back titles for Chelsea. And, and what I like is that, that this continues to be a bigger and bigger topic, that the women's game continues to have a lot of incredible narratives and stories and that, that not only us, but, but a lot of other people are giving it the attention it deserves as well. So I think that's what makes me the most excited. Obviously, congratulations to Chelsea and best of luck to them in the Champions League final, both on the men's and women's side. But the fact that they're, we're starting to really dig in a little bit more and people are starting to care in a more meaningful way, I think is what makes it the most special for me. Yeah, well said. Heath, uh, anything on that? Yeah, I think it's important to, you know, the fact that Chelsea have the infrastructure, financial infrastructure in place that they do, that I think it it, it it's strong for the game, for the sustainability of the women's game to have their league and a team like Chelsea kind of disrupt what Arsenal's been up to, knowing that you have a Man City that's coming, knowing that you've got other clubs that are coming up with strong resources. I think that's good for the league there. I think that's good for NWSL in terms of, hey, this other thing is happening and we now have to compete. We have to find our own long-term sustainability. Hopefully that means they, they solve something outside of the support of U.S. soccer and find a long-term sustainability because all of, you know, this is going to rise all ships. And so when you can have teams like they are, and there are, they are, even though maybe uh, it doesn't look like it, these are like super clubs in, in terms of the women's side, the, the quality that you just mentioned on Chelsea's side, I think is great for the league, great for the exposure. And uh, hopefully that brings more and more attention, but more importantly, more and more resources uh, to these teams in the league. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's talk about the NWSL for a second. The challenge gone Portland Thorns winning in penalties uh, against Gotham FC. A, a great game, uh, Jimmy. Uh, you, you were in HQ as well as part of the coverage. Uh, you, you're happy from a betting perspective. I was. I was very good. I uh, <laughs> I was very good. I was. I, I mean, there's not many times I can come on here and say, guess what, everybody? I was apps quite excellent in the betting department, you know, because you take a couple swings, some hit, some don't. That's part of the gig. 
That said, uh, I was spot on. I, I thought because Portland were hosting, they were the best team throughout uh, their four games. Because there was fans going to be back in the stadium in a meaningful way, I knew they were going to want to set the tone, and they obviously have the talent to do so. And so Christine Sinclair ended up scoring. But I also said on HQ that Christine Sinclair is, if you guys aren't familiar with her, a Canadian international, 37 years old, one of the goats of the game. Um, the greatest American, scorer in the world. Hey, also won a national championship at University of Portland with your girl, uh, Megan Rapino. There you go. I mean, there's a nice little tie in there. But I want people to know, because she's not American, we don't really talk about her as much, right? Obviously, here that makes sense because yeah. we, we want to uh, pump up the U.S. women. But she is a fantastic player. Because she's 37, though, I thought, you know, this is going to be one of her last opportunities to play at a big final, you know, and I knew she would be up for it and, and she scored. And I also said on the flip side, Carly Lloyd, who's 38 and has been doing it for how many caps with the U.S. women? Like three over 300, something ri ridiculous. She, this has got to be her. She's going to be feeling the same way. And I thought that she was going to have an in, in, impact on the game. And she did. She scored as well. So it was cool to see the the, the older goats that, as as it were, jump up and, and, and shine uh, on the biggest stage. And unfortunately for Gotham, who had a good run throughout, uh, just not enough there. And they lost in penalties. But, but fair play. I mean, I'm really excited for this upcoming season. I love, I should say, because I was sitting there waiting for my turn to speak. And the fact that CBS... And I know that we work for them, but let's just keep it out of that. The fact that they have a proper pregame show, yeah. uh, Ali Wagner's at the stadium talking, that it's getting the same treatment as the men's game uh, really makes me proud to work here. I, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited that 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 is happening. And I was buzzing. I was like, let's talk. I can't wait to talk about this game. I love big finals. It doesn't matter who's on the field. Let's just talk. And so it was awesome and, and excited for the Thorns. And I'm excited for this upcoming MWSL regular season. Yeah, no, well said. And by the way, plenty more to come from CBS Sports and the NWSL, by the way. So stay tuned and uh, shout out to uh, the GOAT, Poppy Miller, who's doing a great job anchoring that as well. Heath, any, any thoughts from the NWSL on the coverage and everything that Heath, which is uh, Heath and Jimmy, both of you are the same to me. They're the same, That's fine. same thing. <laughs> has, been, no, has been American internationals. Yeah. Uh, no, the only thing is I, in real time, I'm correcting myself that uh, Sink and Rapino did not uh, play in a national championship game together. Sink, uh, Christine Sinclair, they call her Sink. Uh, I was at a college the same time as her at University of Portland. They won a national championship. Uh, Rapino came after. She was there the last year that I was, I was in school. But, you know, a legendary, uh, you know, she played under Clyde Charles, who was a legend. Um, and and I've, heard, I've heard this time and time again about uh, Christine Sinclair, is that if she wasn't so shy or so quiet or Canadian, she would be the biggest, probably one of the top three women stars in the world. Because right. of if you look at her on statistics alone, and the, the path she's paved for professional uh, soccer players uh, and, and the amount of people she's inspired and all these things, she would be one of the biggest global stars in the women's game. But mm -hmm. you know, all those factors, she's very quiet. She's, she's kind of, uh, you know, kind of stays out of the, the limelight and the radar. She, she won't get the credit that she deserves as a person and as a player. So I just wanted to give her a shout out on her career um, because, yeah, you know, I, it, she deserves more than, than, than she, will, she could ever possibly get at this point. Well said. Well said. All right, everybody, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we told you a few other league titles uh, were won in Europe, uh, including, of course, the Bundesliga. And we'll give you three guesses to who did it. All right, we'll be right back after this. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. 
With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everybody, to Que Golazo Weekend, Rica, Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce, Jimmy, Bayern Munich. They get the job done, and they did it without even needing to uh, play their game. But thanks to Borussia Dortmund uh, and their win against RB Leipzig, Bayern Munich wins the Bundesliga one more time. Uh, and, then they, <laughs> and then they did their own thing in style as well. Wait, oh. cue the music. One more time. <laughs> oh, shout out to Doc Monk, yeah. I know. Definitely shout out there. You know, fair play to Bayern Munich. Uh, they did it in fine fashion. 6-0 over Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, the, I've never seen a drop-off as severe. I probably have, but one that I have can't remember. Borussia Mönchengladbach's drop-off since Marco Rosa announced he's leaving to Dortmund has been quite remarkable. That said, uh, Robert Lewandowski scored two very good goals and they got a penalty for his hat trick. He's now one, one goal away from some tying the Gerd Muller record of most goals in a Bundesliga season. He's got two games left to do it. I think he's going to break it. I mean, I, let me see. I don't even know who they play in the next couple of games, but you got to roll matter? them out. You got <laughs> well, no, it doesn't. Freiburg and Augsburg. So I'm feeling pretty good. He's going to get at least one goal and tie the record, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got, bo- uh, got, got past Gerd Muller. And it, look, and he missed a lot. He missed what four or five games. So just makes it all the more impressive. So, yeah, fair play to them. They've won nine straight consecutive, nine straight consecutive. That's how good I am in English, everybody. It's my first and second <laughs> language. And, and nine straight titles. And as much as we talk about, oh, look how great the ownership thing. I thought about this. I was in the shower. And I was like, ah, oh, the 50 plus one. I love that ownership model and everybody's clamoring for it. But yet they have a league where one team has won it nine straight times. So I'm like, maybe, uh, you know, so in theory, yeah, it sounds good. But there's still there's still some dominance there. Good Different point. conversation for another time. Different conversation for another time. I also want to give a shout out to Borussia Dortmund. Uh, without Erling Hollands, they needed to win to, to continue their, their chase to get into the top four. And uh, Jaden Sancho decided to be the guy, put the team on his back, scored a brace. Very, very, very impressive performance from him in particular. Eintracht Frankfurt ended up drawing. They had to score a late goal at home to go 1-1. So now Borussia Dortmund, with two games left to go, are currently in fourth. Eintracht, what are you doing? You blew it. <laughs> a month ago, you're up by seven points over Dortmund for that fourth spot, and you blew it. And so yeah, it. those are the things that I'm looking at there. Um, at the bottom of the table, Werder Bremen and Armenia Bielefeld are both tied on 31 points with two games to go. So that is a little dicey there. But Werder Bremen didn't lose for the first time in eight games. So, so congratulations. Or, yeah, got a point for the first time in eight games. So congratulations to them. Absolutely. Uh, he thoughts on Bayern Munich? Uh 
Fantastic. But I, I agree with Jimmy that that the 50 plus one is is in theory things for uh, fans to have a vote and a say within the club. Fans are not going to vote against having 80% of the TV dollars go to one one club from that club. Um, there are also two clubs that are adopted in that uh, Wolfsburg and, and uh, Leverkusen that are not part of the 50 plus one because they've been adopted into the system. One of them, obviously, Volkswagen, the other one, Bayer, the uh, uh, whatever. Um, pharmaceuticals um but yeah i agree it does it's disappointing to see obviously we love Bayern Munich we love the way they play we love the way they approach the game they're so hard to beat no matter what every year they seem to be this thing that everyone struggles with no matter who they have on the field it's like this they don't go and it's not crazy exciting or 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 sexy or exotic style of play it's just this really uh, german efficiency um that that i really enjoy but a fantastic way, obviously, without Lewandowski for, for part of the year when he came back from, from I guess, I think it was international break that he got injured. Uh, I hope to see him break that record for him personally. Uh, I remember him on on the – obviously, he's a really fun TikToker. He's a great great personality. I remember having him when, when he was on the, the CBS, I think, post-game show or whatever that Byron played on. Uh, he was just a really cool guy. You know, we, we see – when you get to the level of a Lewandowski, all of them are weird. Messi can't be normal. Ronaldo can't be normal. Zlatan can't be normal. But then you have this Lewandowski guy who's making TikToks with his wife, hanging out, just doing normal things. His kid walked into the screen. He's like saying he's got to, you know, put him or her to bed. And he's just, it's a guy that you just can't help but want to be successful. So that's my, uh, that's, that's the love I got to give to, to, to Bayern. And, and, and obviously Bayern is, you know, everyone else within the league is the recruiting platform for Bayern Munich. So, um, you know, to see him go after being so successful at Dortmund to, to Bayern and, and continue that, uh, I think is awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let me end it on this, uh, with, with, with the Bundesliga, not, not the episode. We still got a lot to do. Don't worry about it. Jimmy Heath, let's go with Jimmy first. Hey, is because uh, I'm hearing rumors and some reports maybe. Would Robert, is Robert Lewandowski staying with Bayern Munich, do you think? Do you think there's somebody out there that could maybe persuade him to leave the German side? I think there might be an opportunity there. I just don't know where and who could afford him. I mean, he would be great at PSG, just to throw that out there. Man City could obviously do, everybody could do well with a Robert Lewandowski. But when I think about the teams that could actually afford him and where he could slot in, I know Real Madrid. We're knocking on his door for a little while, but Kareem Benzema has been very, very good this season. Could they play together? They probably could because world-class players figure it out, but I don't know. I, I see him staying with Bayern Munich. I, I think he's kind of a lifer now in that league, and and uh, it, it wouldn't be kind of boring without him, to be honest. Yeah. What do you think, Heath? Yeah, it's weird because I see him at I see him at in a traditional sense in the way that he plays. I see him at a Man United. I see him at an Arsenal. I see him at a... I see him at a Barcelona. If you need an actual nine there, uh, Real Madrid. Obviously, you have you have a Benzema already there, as Jimmy mentioned. So I could I could see him being tempted to go. I think the economy and the climate of the world right now makes it very difficult for anybody to take their chances. Right? I think everything that he does is going to come with contingencies of like if take a perfect world it was it was barcelona it's going to be what's the deal with messi who are you bringing in all those things that like not everybody has control of right now right because everyone you know weston mckinney just got to juventus and the rumors every day are like he's going to get sold to a premier league club after they bought him six months ago uh because of just finances so yeah also actually you know there could be uh juventus could be a decent one um, well, <laughs> mm-hmm. it could be well done on that segue uh heath Pierce, because now we move to Serie ah and wouldn't you know it, we were just waiting for this game to finish. And AC Milan, three, Juventus, 
nil. And, you know, there's many ways, Jimmy, that we can go here. Obviously, another big loss for rookie manager Andrea Pirlo. But most importantly, this means right now, obviously, Inter Milan, Scudetto winners, number one, Atalanta second, AC Milan third, Napoli fourth, Juventus fifth. Uh, and Lazio with a game in hand uh, have 64 points to Juventus' 69. What do you make of this? result as of late from Juventus side for those that don't know me I worship Andrea Pirlo I love them as a player I just thought he was so cool out there and I remember having the opportunity to I got to play against him so that's my flex of the day but in the world cup by the way double flex but, but I got to see him play you need to literally begin yeah. everything with that yeah. And then, you follow it, and then you follow it out with Messi's tackle. That, that's it. He just, yeah. he just ripped out of his, his outfit there, flexing that thing. <laughs> I, I, so I got to see him play. All right, all right, all right. I'm taking your, I'm taking your, your, your banter, and I'm just not going to I'm serious. Pirlo <laughs> once asked me for the time, and I always tell people that. <laughs> that's awesome. But I got to see him play in two Euro games back in uh, Euro 2012, and it was against – uh, Italy, or excuse me, he's Italian. It was against Spain and it was against Croatia. So I got to watch him play and I watched him for 180 minutes. I'm in the stands and I'm watching. The dude didn't make one sprint, but he controlled both of the games. He was the string puller. He dictated the flow. Everything went through him. And I just, I just marveled at how a player could do that without necessarily being a tremendous athlete or him never even having, he honestly, I feel like the guy probably grew up and he, if, when he does play now, he has a cigarette between his lips and he's just like still doing the same things. The guy's unbelievable. I was bummed he took this job on because we knew it was only going to end in one way and it's ending in the way that we thought. And the fact that, and we talked about this in, in the, the preview show on Thursday, he has had 34 different lineup changes in 34 games in Serie A. He's never had the same back-to-back -back lineup. He's not building that continuity and that rapport that you need and that trust to, to work through difficult situations because you're always playing with somebody new. And how do you establish that if you're never allowing that rhythm to exist? And so that's what's going to, I mean, there might be plenty of reasons why it's going to cost him, but he didn't do himself any favors. And, and now I think Cristiano Ronaldo has to move on. That guy doesn't play in the Europa League. He only plays in the Champions League. Okay. So I know that there's still a couple of games left and they can get back into the, the mix for sure. But this was a big, big loss for them at, in Turin where they're usually pretty good. And uh, Milan have only beaten them once in the last 13 times in Turin. So, so fair play to Milan, though, still hanging in there. And despite the adversity they're facing, that is a, that is a massive result for that club. No, absolutely. I listen, like they didn't just lose. They got beat three, nothing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Heath, what, what do you make? I mean, I've made my point very clear about this. Andrea Pirlo is an absolute legend, but he has zero in his managerial resume, not even coached his son's side. Right. And then he joins and becomes a manager of one of the most, important clubs in European soccer, a club, by the way, that needed to not just remain champions of Scudetto, but also finally do something in the Champions League. So to me, it's like, it, this is like the Frank Lampard issue times a million, because at least Frank Lampard was managing a championship side. Pirlo came in doing nothing here. Again, I have nothing against, he's amazing. Everything is given to the game, but come on, come on, man. Yeah, I think it's interesting uh, to start with Jimmy's point about changing the lineups for 34 games in a row. When I played with a couple of ex Serie A guys, we, we they they only uh, they they spent their whole career playing in this Italian system, and it was so different than anything that I had ever played in. The expectation of a fullback, for example, is to be way past the near post, uh, your nearest post, if it's if the ball's on the on the weak side, 
They are, everybody is so pinched in and far with the movement, everything like that requires cohesion. So when you bring in new players, where are they meant to be all the time? The, that Italian system is very, very different, not to stereotype at all. Cause everyone's going to play different and it's modernizing in a lot of ways uh, for sure. But the one thing I would say about Pirlo who will likely exit Juventus is we've seen this with a number of managers, right? You have people in Zaghi, you had Gattuso, and, and they tend to land on their feet at other clubs again and find now people, as I think, at, at Bologna or somewhere like that, his brother. Uh, I'm not sure where where um, Gattuso is at the moment, but they all seem to go start really high in, in Syria and leverage that to then find their experience somewhere else, uh, which, which, again, is not the way that you necessarily want to go. Uh, and it's very different than it is in England, right? Like in England, I don't see, I think it, you, you, you look at situations like Lampard and you go, where does he go from there? A single, a single club guy where he's not, you rule out 50% of the clubs just from this like loyal loyalty sense. But you know, Pirlo had also played, where was he at AC Milan? Um, you NYCFC. know, <laughs> NYCFC. So uh, my, my point is that you see this rotation more often in, in Italy. Uh, it just sucks to see because you want to see him do well uh, as opposed to again, in England, you don't really see them go from this club to the next club to the next club, right? Like Arteta went to Man City as an assistant, got a job back at Arsenal again. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is it seems a lot more high risk in England for, for where they can and can't go versus in Italy. I, a number of these legendary players get these crazy jobs right at the end of their careers and then ultimately fail uh, because it's extremely hard and you're in a uh, dominated world. My only, my only catch to that is that there is no job harder and or easier than the Juventus job when they've won, what, nine or ten titles in a row to take that team and continue it. I guess that makes it – you don't want to be the one that fails. Um, but I don't worry too much for him as a manager. It just sucks to see that lack of success uh, in a season like this. Well, and the thing is, the reason why this is so difficult uh... – not difficult, but so the stakes were so much higher was because you, you mentioned obviously them being league champions, but they had an ultimate goal, just like Man City. Get back to that Champions League final. Let's win things. We know we got the league covered. So not only did they not do that, but they failed to win the league. And this weekend, specifically in a weekend where Napoli won 4-1, Inter Milan won 5-1, Roma won 5-0, Atalanta won 5-2. Right. So you're getting all these teams that are pushing for European uh, placement and then you lose three nothing to Milan. There's nothing wrong with losing to AC Milan, a very good team. But three nothing, a kind of gutless performance says a lot. I mean, they got lucky that Fiorentina won two nothing against Lazio. But still, it, it's a major thing because to Jimmy's point, Cristiano Ronaldo not in the Champions League, even at his age. I mean, that's a major problem, Jimmy. It's a major problem. And I'm looking at their lineup now. It's it's. It's their squad, you know. I mean, it's everybody yeah, that you absolutely. Everybody, everybody was healthy. It wasn't like we could make some excuses for injuries or whatever it may be. Wes McKinney played all ninety minutes. You know, Chiesa, who scored two goals the first time they met in the San Siro earlier the season, probably one of the lowest rated players. Didn't play very well. Didn't have that impact. Uh, on the flip side, though, we should probably give a shout out to Milan. Uh, Tamori, who is on loan, amazing. Yeah, he he he. They're gonna have to buy him. It's an option to buy it, like twenty five and a half million or twenty eight and a half million. Yeah, they're 100% going to buy tomorrow, and he scored his first goal in Serie A. So excited for him. Brahim Diaz, another loanee, scored as well to really set the tone. And, and uh, Ravich scored an unbelievable goal from distance if you guys get a chance to see those highlights. Milan were just the better team. They made the place. And, and there's just something not right with this Juve team. And, and it might go deeper than on Andrea Pirlo. I think we could all agree there. But um, I think we're going to see... 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of a similar situation. Maybe Manchester United, where they just they just need an overhaul. You know, their older their older players got really old, and they're not doing the job as maybe as much anymore. They got a young manager, and this is not the right. It's not the right uh, mix or cohesion of of all the all the things that you need to continue to be champion. Let's be honest, though, winning you know nine straight is ridiculous. And there was going to be a drop off at some point. And so now they just have to adjust. It's just a matter of what they're going to do to fix that and how long it's going to take them to correct those mistakes. I think we could go back and look. And I'm curious what everybody else thinks too. hit us up on, on social media. Was Cristiano Ronaldo worth the signing? I think we could look at it now. It's a legitimate no. question. No, he wasn't. Because to you, what you said, they, they brought him in to, to, to elevate them, to get him to the, to the Champions League trophy because that's what he does. And he couldn't do it. Now, fair play, they probably didn't have enough around him to, to make that happen because he did show up in most of those games. But I don't know. That's that's one of those things. That's the risk. They rolled the dice and it didn't work out for him. And they, they actually blew up their whole financial plan where they had been so smart for so many years and kind of broke their own rule to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. And now it's kind of, you know, kicking them in their own ass. So we'll see how they try to get themselves out of it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, you know, we will we will see what happens to Juventus Bianconetti. Uh, but we move to Spain because you know we're talking about exciting things. Dude. La Liga is crazy. First of all, Atlético Madrid Barcelona a stalemate, nil nil there. Uh, you know, the, Messi and Suarez hugging at the beginning, but obviously one of three points for the respective teams that didn't happen. It was all to play for for Zinedine Zidane and Real Madrid. Uh, but Sevilla also with obviously objectives of their own, you know, did their thing. And what a game Sevilla were leading two one. We're talking, we're talking about this uh, earlier in the episode and in stoppage time, Real Madrid, Tony Cruz, a deflected shot, but they, most importantly, they get that point because I think losing would have been, you know, a travesty for them. And look at this. I league. I mean, everything as is basically, Everything as is because both both teams, the top four, they all tied. So Atletico Madrid remains top of the table with 77 points. Real Madrid, 75, better head-to-head than Barcelona, who's on third with 75, and Sevilla with 71. Everybody else doesn't matter because Real Sociedad has 56 points. So this is what we're talking about here, the top four. So nobody got anything out of anything, Jimmy. We wanted a Barcelona win. We thought a Barcelona win. Um, a draw was... Not unrealistic with Sevilla Real Madrid, but still, uh, what do you make of that weekend in La Liga? Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to both goalkeepers in the Barcelona Athletic game. I thought Jan Oblak and Mark Ter Stegen were excellent. Uh, there were a couple sitters that were missed on Barcelona. I'm looking at you, Ushman Dembele, in particular. That said, I thought the goalkeepers were tremendous. And, and we've talked about ad nauseum about how important it is to have a hot goalkeeper if you're trying to win anything of consequence. And, and yeah. both of these guys stood up and were accounted for and took responsibility and made some big-ass plays. So fair play to them. And and I think Barcelona will probably be kicking themselves a little bit more than Atleti, that they didn't get the full three points. I think Atleti's like, all right, we got the draw. Now, because of this other draw between Sevilla and Madrid, Atleti just need to win their last three games. And I say just, and that hasn't been easy for them. But if they win their last three games, they're going to be the champions that's what I mean. That's what we want. We want leagues. We want to be a part and, and to to witness leagues that are all coming down to the last weekends and not necessarily, you know, uh, Bayern Munich winning it with like three months left to go. So so I'm excited for it. I'm here for it, and I hope that Atleti can do the business. Well, Heath, do you think Atleti will do the business, uh, Heath Pierce? Tough. It's it's going to be tough, but they've been given chance after chance now to mm-hmm. just run away with it. And they haven't right go back a week ago to when Barcelona lost to Granada. That was the first opening. 
And then they get a draw. And then today, they you have Real Madrid draw against Sevilla. But it, it is literally theirs for the taking. There's no more, like, they left it up to Barcelona the last seven days. It was in Barcelona's hand. Barcelona wins out. They beat Granada. They beat Valencia. They beat Atletico. They run away. That's their title. That's how, literally how many points they gave back. And now it's back in their hands again. They didn't. <laughs> They weren't that particularly inspiring against Barcelona. But if you look at them, you're like, hey, we just got points against Barcelona. We got a point against Barcelona. This is perfect. It's back in our hands again. Let's see what happens with Real Madrid. And I don't, I'm not, I could be wrong. And I would love if you guys know the actual answer to this. Had Real Madrid won, they would be in second right on goals four. I believe in, in Spain, they do goals four as the first tiebreaker um, by a yeah, few goals, I think so. three or four goals, which would still mean that there could be, they'd be tied on points. And if I, if I understand, if I, I, and I could be wrong here, that, but they would have been, yeah. So they would have been tied on points. And, and then the goals for, as it stands now, would have been around the same thing. So it also wouldn't be in their hands. It'd be up to the goals for in the end. And, and both of those teams can score. So it's like now they have full control. So had these results not gone their way, they would have still been like, okay, we got to win. We got to score a lot or whatever the tiebreaker where uh, it's in their hands. So they just literally just like Lille in, in France right now have to win out, just win out. That's it. That's the only thing you need to do. And it's yours. And so it's going to be difficult, but if they don't, it is a hundred percent on them. Yeah. No one else. Yeah, absolutely. Especially now as we're looking to close in everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought up France because Ren just drew with PSG 1-1, and now Lille will be champions for the first time since 2011 next weekend if they beat Saint-Antoine and PSG drop points. Also, what's interesting is that PSG are only three points ahead of Lyon in the, in the Europa League spot, and Marseille hold on to fifth in a very tight race for Europa League overall. All 10 matches in France uh, kick off at the same time next week, which will be pretty ridiculous, but fair play to Lille. The other thing is Jonathan David's actually kind of struggled. I think he's on like 12 goals, which is solid for a young player of what they spent for him. He's really struggled, but where he's really come through in the clutch this second half of the season is he scored against Lyon. He scored against, uh, and, and against PSG mm -hmm. and, and two against Marseille, you know, three huge matches where he's delivered. And that's, I think the right recipe for why they are in the position that in the fact that PSG who, who, should be able to, in theory, run away with it. Haven't. Um, but these players at the right times have, have really delivered. And I think those goals are worth 20 goals or not 20 goals. Those goals are worth other, uh, a lot of goals at other points of the season. When you're able to do it in the clutch, I would take those goals uh, in big games versus, you know, maybe consistently throughout the season. If you're a Lille, if you're a PSG, you expect those players to score every week out based on how much you, you pay for them. But yeah, I think it's, a, it's an amazing thing to see. Yeah. Absolutely right. All right. I want to wrap everything up with MLS very quickly. El Trafico, Chicharito, open that scoring. LAFC tied it up. But in the end, LA Galaxy won it 2-1 with Jonathan Dos Santos as well. Uh, and then Atlanta United tied with Inter Miami. one all. Seattle Sounders. Uh, we knew they were going to win, Jimmy. Seattle Sounders, 2-1. Uh, Raul Rodriguez uh, with a penalty in that one. Freddy Montero at the end. And then Portland scores in stoppage time. So it's all kicking off uh, right now. Jimmy, thoughts on MLS from this weekend? Yeah, I just want to give a shout-out to the Galaxy. I saw a great tweet from Mike McGee, who used to play for the club for many years and won some MLS Cup titles with them, who said this was the, the most heart he's ever seen from a Galaxy team. And he can't even remember how long. And, and I thought that really spoke to what Greg Vanny, the new manager, has put into place. And, 
And uh, this just the energy of what of what what enthusiasm looks like when Chicharito was fully healthy. You could tell he wasn't healthy last season. He couldn't really get started and be the guy that he knows he can be. So for him to score in this rivalry match in particular is very, very cool and, and fair play to him. LAFC have some questions uh, that need to be answered. I don't think they're clearly not going to be as strong without Carlos Vela, but and he didn't play. But some other areas, they just need some players to step up and be a little bit more consistent. If you guys see the second goal, it's just a bad mistake and, and just not making good decisions. And I know Bob Bradley will be correcting that very soon. I do want to give a shout out to the Sounders, as you mentioned. It's not easy to go down to Portland and get a result. I also want to give a shout out to the Colorado Rapids, another one of my former teammates and coaches, uh, Robin Frazier. They were down 2-0 to Minnesota United and came back and scored three goals in the, in the second half. Kellen Acosta scored a volley from outside the box. It was sick. But a great comeback from the Rapids in particular. I thought they were very good after giving up those two goals. Minnesota United, hot, hot dumpster fire right now. Really kind of the, the quiet darlings of the league last year. Had a nice run in the playoffs. And you could see that like, oh, we're going to build off of this. They've now lost four straight games to start the season. Not a good look. We'll see if Adrian Heath gets fired soon. Nani scored an awesome goal for Orlando City. But they, so they do 1-1 with the NYCFC. And just a lot of great goal. I mean, every time the weekend hits for more MLS games, I'm like, Hot damn, we just saw a goal of the season contender, you know, and I'm here for it. There's there like three or four amazing goals uh, this week. And, and I want to give a shout out to Chris Wondolowski, too, for beating, helping score. Come on as a sub, score two goals in the last six or seven minutes to help them beat Real Salt Lake, who are undefeated. And uh, the Quakes now, baby, on fire. Three straight. They're three and one. And, and things are looking good for Matias Almeida's team. Absolutely. Uh, Sounders, to me, the best team in MLS right now. Uh, mm-hmm. And by the way, that goal from Real Salt Lake, uh, Rubio Ruben, my oh, unbelievable. God. Unbelievable. Please watch it. Just wherever you can, just watch it. Heath, any thoughts on MLS from this weekend? Yeah, just two thoughts. Uh, Caden Clark continues to be on fire. Uh, Caden Clark is one, I don't know if it's official, but it was rumored to being, you know, is that New York Red Bulls sold, will be going to RB Leipzig in the next couple of years. It would be amazing to see him. Hopefully they bring in Aaron Sin to, to Leipzig and then keep Adams and we'll just have this whole new uh, Club America uh, type of uh, type of vibe going on. But he was really good and he only scores bangers is sort of the the, the phrase that uh, people are using for him. Uh, and then and then the other thing for me is is the LA Galaxy LAFC game. Uh, I I was yeah one I think it's good to see Chicharito have a goal and assist and continue to do well. I think that's great for the city. But also you're it's just I live here right and. There was the El Trafico was a was a name manufactured by somebody and it doesn't have a history on it. But now you're starting to see, you know, on my street on match days, there's there is actually LAFC flags that go up. And then there's galaxy flags on the same street that go up. Yeah, and it's kind correct. of cool to see. And I live I live in the South Bay, so it's a little bit closer to 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 Carson where the galaxy play. But it's just you're starting to see a lot of these things. With every one of these things, these touch points come to life. You build a little bit more history in real time. And to see a match like that, I thought Cisniega struggled. Uh, last year they had, um, what's his name, the Dutch goalkeeper, uh, Vermeer, uh, who, who, was, who was far better. And I think he's, he's in uh, Cincinnati, uh, I believe. But yeah, Cisniega struggled. Very light goals. But again, those are the goals that Chicharito will eat up all day long and be opportunistic and always hunting. But yeah, overall, just a, like Jimmy said, a, a great MLS, uh, MLS weekend. And yeah, if you're not watching, you know, hit us what up. Are you, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? If you what don't follow it, if, if you don't follow a team, hit us up on Twitter. We'll help you pick a team, but pick a team and jump in with both feet. You will not be disappointed. 
That's such a good idea. Tweet us. Uh, Heath Pierce, uh, Jimmy Conrad, LMA Echegaray, or Que Golazo Pod. And if you want an MLS team, we're here for ya. Uh, so many Peruvians, so I can take you either way. Like, <laughs> anywhere you want. All right. Before we say goodbye, final thoughts. Heath Pierce, let's start with you. Final thoughts, my friend. I just saw the goal against PSG was an absolute dunk <laughs> literally got up over everyone banged it off like the top corner on a header um to to i think it was to make it one 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 nil um or one one whatever it was but yeah what a goal against psg and wow now it's in uh Lil's hand that's my only thoughts uh amazing amazing jimmy final thoughts I don't know if I have anything as eloquent as something I've said before, but thank you for listening. As always, everybody, what a great weekend of games. And I look forward to a really busy week of games as well, even though we don't have any Champions League or Europa League to get into. We don't, but we are here every single weekday with all the previews for all the action and another weekend recap for next week. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Heath Pierce, thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Jimmy C., always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Heath Beers for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Gegolasso Pod. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and please leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps us to grow the show. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on YouTube, cbsports.com. We're also on your CBS Sports app and everywhere else you listen to your pods. Have a great, great beginning to your week and end to your weekend. Have a good one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.